Well, welcome to the Debt Matters Podcast, where we help Canadians find solutions to their debt with licensed insolvency trustees from across Canada. I'm Wayne Kay. Today, we're going to be discussing about buy now, pay later, later, smart move, or is it a financial trap? My guest today, Daniel Maximchuk from L.C. Taylor Licensed Insolvency Trustee in Winnipeg, Manitoba, with an office in Kenora, Ontario as well. Daniel, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Wayne. It's good to talk to you again. Oh, we're going to have some fun. This is how we live. Buy now, pay later. Every commercial, everything we hear, everything we see. Buy now, pay later. It's a horrible thing, isn't it? Well, I mean, that's like you say, kind of the society we live in now. It's all about keeping up with with other people, instant gratification and posting it on social media and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, it's all fun and games until the bill comes. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, and, and then you feel like, oh, did I need to buy this? But some people don't pay attention to how much they're spending on the buy now, which surprises me. And I'm sure it surprises you. Yeah, I mean, there's not that psychological connection, I think, is part of the problem where when you are paying cash, of course, you're, you're physically giving something up in exchange for what you're receiving. Whereas with cards and you just tap it, tap it, you don't realize what you spent or there's not a, you know, a, a physical sense of loss until you get your, your bill in the mail and you actually have to transfer that money out of your bank account to make that payment. Right. Or is it uh, maybe they're not experiencing my wife who gives me the raised eyebrow and knows I spent money before I even spent it. And then I have to go home and say, right, here's the receipt, honey. Uh, yeah, and- I mean, now we've got these apps where, you know, it'll alert you to transactions and that. So I suppose for shared accounts, that uh, could be a liability. <laughs> it's actually a good thing, you know. Uh, and, and I had to learn. And I think everybody needs to learn. And I don't know if it's a male-female thing. And I don't really want to go that way. But I know for myself, I had no worries with, okay, I need to, I need to get this. And this was pre-marriage. You know, I never even thought about anything like that. I'd get it, pay it off, buy something else, pay it off. Where's the danger in that? Well, the danger is making sure you have enough money to pay it off when the bill comes, right? Because if you don't, and this is how these companies make their money, if you don't pay it off when the bill comes, then you're paying interest, right? So be it a credit card where, you know, you get that grace period from when you charge it to when the bill comes in. If you don't pay it when the bill comes in, then interest starts accumulating. Or you see advertised, you know, furniture stores, electronic stores, don't pay until 2025 or something like that. Um, You better have the money in 2025 because if you don't, then that's when the interest rates really start kicking in, right? So you don't want to be using these buy now, pay later things to purchase things that you wouldn't otherwise have bought because you're buying it with money that you don't have. And the interest rates are going to maybe not multiply, but add a significant factor to the amount of the purchase. Mm -hmm. And I remember when, you know, our kids were young and single income and it was tight. Money was super tight. And sometimes they'll say, well, don't pay for six months. But I knew I didn't have money now and I definitely wouldn't have it in six months because nothing was going to change. You know, you get so much money every two weeks. And so we have to watch that trap of just thinking, well, I'm probably, I might get a windfall. Yeah. Waiting for the windfall that never comes. And if you're relying on that, then you're going to be in trouble when the the bill does come in because you're going to have that purchase. Plus you're going to have interest and not only that, but you're going to be paying more, right? For this thing that you purchase, which cuts into your, your current income at the time the bill becomes due. So you're paying for the purchase you already made 
plus the interest, plus, of course, you got to try to keep up with your day-to-day expenses mm-hmm. at that time, right? So you have even less money to go around. And if you think, well, I didn't have the money when I bought it in the first place, you're going to have even less in the future. So you got to make sure you stick to the necessities if you're in that situation, as you mentioned, you know, single income and that money's not going as far. You know, necessities first, make sure the necessities are covered and anything beyond that, it's uh, you got to make sure you got you got the money um in the bank, not relying on a windfall that might never come. So is there ever a smart time to use this kind of strategy, buy now, pay later? Um, there are times where it could be free financing essentially, right? So if, if let's use an example of, you know, your, your fridge broke and you needed a fridge, um, you have the money in the bank, but you go to a store and you know, they've got this, don't pay till till 2025 if we use that example. So you could go, you could get the fridge, you could not pay in the meantime, whether you invest that money or use it to pay down debt that you are then saving money on by reducing your total interest costs. And you go and you you finance it that way if you do the math and that's the lower, the lowest rate of financing that you can get, right? Sometimes it is because it's it's an incentive to get mm-hmm. you to come into the store and buy something. But you've got to be careful that sometimes, you know, the price of the good goes up to compensate for this lost interest that they're, you know, supposedly giving to you by this interest-free loan, right? So sometimes in those situations, you should ask, well, what if I just pay cash or what if I pay right now instead of taking advantage of your free interest? And, you know, sometimes that's built into the price. And in those cases, sometimes you'll be able to get a better price by by paying up front. And therefore, it's not, not really interest-free because it's kind of implicit in the price. Mm-hmm. Are there some terms and conditions that we should be aware of when it comes to this? Well, you definitely want to be aware of when the payments come due and clearly mark that on the calendar because sometimes they, you know, that's that's how they make the money. Like I said, it's it's cheap in the meantime and then it suddenly shoots up once that date comes. So you got to make sure you're on top of when that's going to be due. Make sure you've got the money aside to pay for it. Um, you also want to be paying attention to sometimes, you know, it's claimed as no interest, but there's uh, you know, a 1% service fee or something like that, that you have to pay on it, that they're saying, well, it's not interest. It's, you know, the the cost uh-huh. of setting up this account that we're doing. So you want to make sure that there's actually truly no extra cost to taking this, this mode of financing and that, you know, when you're actually going to have to pay it and, you know, when the, the, uh, the bills are coming due. I've never used that kind of service, but they have said, I, I know that I, I've seen that if you miss that first payment, then they go back and charge you, like it's 0% maybe, but if you miss the first payment or you're late with the final payment, then they have the ability to go back and charge 12% per month or something ridiculous. Yeah, those kind of things do exist. So that's another term that you would want to look out for in that contract, right? You know. When do I have to make the payment? If I can't make it, then what happens? What other costs are built into this contract? And the other consideration would be, well, what what would I save if I didn't mm-hmm. take out this contract and I just bought it normally? Right. So when's a bad idea to use these services? When you're buying something that you don't have the money to pay for it, right? So you're you're out, you see something that's not a necessity. It's it's kind of a splurge purchase. And you're like, oh, as you said, you know, uh, something good could happen in the next couple of years and, and I don't have to worry about it until then. And then, you know, nine times out of 10, you're going to be there in a couple of years with this payment. The good might not even be very useful anymore. If you finance technology or something like that that goes out of date so so fast, you might still be paying for something that is of minimal use to you. So you want to make sure that you're, you're you know, living in the present, making sure that your present things are getting taken care of and not spending money that you don't have. It's, it's no different than a credit card. 
Um, if it's, if it's used as a tool to, you know, let you book a, a hotel or an airline ticket or something like that that you have to do with one of those, with one of those things, a credit card, um, then that's fine. But if you're using it to supplement your spending and, um, spend money that you don't have or make ends meet when there's a significant difference between how much you're bringing in and how much you're spending, that's something where you're probably going to want to speak to a licensed insolvency trustee to review your budget and take a look at, okay, well, you know, why, why do you have to charge debt every month? Because you have this gap. Is there something there that you can adjust to your budget? Or is it a factor of you already have too much debt and the interest rates are so high that, you know, your, your income isn't keeping up with your expenses anymore. We're going to talk about alternatives in just a moment, but you mentioned something, you mentioned uh, the budget word, and I don't even know what the percentage of people are that don't budget, but I would assume it's very high. <laughs> How do you figure out what you're spending? Uh, there are a few different different tools that you can look at, but the simplest thing is just, just write it down, right? When you spend something, be it uh, you know on, on a charge card or with cash, keep the receipt. When you get home, write it down in a list. And before you throw out the uh, receipt, make sure you've had that recorded. And you can categorize it depending on whatever expense categories that you want that are relevant to you so that you can tell how much you're spending in each of those categories. Um, that's the simplest way. You just got to record it and then read it basically. Yeah. I, I bring that up because you, you know, when somebody comes in to do that uh, free consultation and you ask, okay, what's coming in and what's going out, there has to be some kind of, there's got to be some documentation because otherwise if you were just to think about it, you would think about it maybe, well, I've got my car insurance, I've got my rent or a mortgage payment uh, and, you know, maybe a couple of other things. But there's all these little day-to-day -day things that you could get charged with as well. Those are probably the biggest ones that cause the culprit of having less money and more expense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, when people come in, nearly everybody knows, you know, what their rent or mortgage payment is, what their car payment is. It's, you know, the questions when we ask, you know, how much do you spend on gasoline for your vehicle each month or how much food do you buy or dining in restaurants, those kind of things, right? That's where we get, you know, I, I mean, it's tough, tougher to have a firm number on those, but, you know, a lot of people just, just have no idea. It's funny you bring up the gas. Yesterday I went and filled up and, uh, and I got home and my wife's like, where's the receipt? I'm like, do you really need the receipt? And she's like, yeah, I track it every year. That way I know. And I'm like, really? You, you, like, I know I just, we usually keep receipts because you never know when something goes sideways. But yeah, she likes to just track it year after year and see how much we spend in gas. And she finds yeah, joy well, in that. She likes that stuff. Yeah. Knowledge is power, right? If you know where the money's going, then you can make adjustments to, uh, you know, prioritize things. But if you, if you have no sense where it goes and you're trying to, find extra money you don't know where to look exactly so let's talk about some of the alternatives to the buy now pay later concept well i mean the best method is to, to pay with money that you have right if you have the money um use that you can talk to the salesperson if they are offering this buy now pay later and as i said you can say you know uh, i'm not interested in that i'll pay now um can you can you give me a better price and sometimes they can because like i say it's, it's built into that um or, you know, you could, if you have the money um, in the bank, you could pay by credit card, of course. Sometimes there's different points in that you can get, which is fine as long as you can pay it off. Otherwise, the interest that you're paying more than more than outweighs those benefits. But that's that's a way to pay, of course. And I mean, look at the interest rates at these 
buy now, pay later places and, and the service fees in that, right? And do the math, especially if it's a large purchase. Well, if I go, you know, this route with this buy now, pay later company, it's going to cost me, you know, X dollars or X percent of the purchase versus, you know, if I uh, have a line of credit against my house or a, an unsecured line of credit, that's it, it's five or 8%. Uh, and, you know, I really need this fridge or else I can't eat for the next who knows till I get a new fridge, then, uh, you know, you, you're better off to use that line of credit and not go into this buy now, pay later and, and end up paying more for the service. Do you remember, and, and this may still be the way it is, but new cars, sometimes they would say you could get, you know, 1.9% interest or cash back. You didn't get both. Yeah, that's that's exactly the, the thing, right? I mean, it's, it's one or the other. You can't get both. So if you do have the cash, you can save some money on the purchase price. Um but I mean, if you do the math and depending on if you need a car, you need a car and what would it cost you to finance? If you didn't take advantage of the dealer financing, would it add up to more than the cash back you're getting? These are the considerations that a, uh, you know, a, a savvy consumer would would look into. Mm-hmm. And we want people to be savvy. We want them to learn some of these tricks that we're sharing with all the guests that we have on this show, the Debt Matters podcast. So pay now uh i actually was just reading i i get excited about doing this show because i learn more and and i i get to then dive into you know different books and stuff i don't know it just it inspires me because we always think that you know everybody is just got money just falling out of their pockets depending on where you live it just seems like oh man there's so many people that are driving these fancy cars and and they're always going on these vacations. And they're always going on trips. But when you actually realize that most people actually aren't, most people are over their head when it comes to debt, then it kind of makes it exciting to figure out how you can save some money and maybe retire eventually. Yeah, I mean, it's all about priorities, right? If you're prioritizing, um, you know, the the nice car or the vacation and you have the money for it, then okay. But if you don't have the money for it, you're going to be really hurting yourself down the line when, you know, you're paying interest on this debt potentially, and that's cutting into money that you could be putting aside for retirement to use your example or down payment for a house or something like that. Right. And and I've got a family member who's in the middle of that right now, trying to save up for the uh, down payment on the house. And it was like, okay, well, let's figure out where you're going to be cutting, you know, your budget, where are you going to cut? Do you need to have 18,000 gigs of data <laughs> yeah, or whatever it exactly. is right now. What, what can you do to actually cut back just a little bit? So I think this is a, a great topic. Don't you wish people would talk a little bit more about, you know, real life when it comes to money? For sure. I mean, especially when it comes to debt and, and how to deal with it, that's, that's a real problem is there's a, you know, a stigma that comes to debt and everyone wants to live the flashy life that they're, they're posting online to their friends and nobody wants to talk about, you know, debt and how they dealt with it and what the options are to deal with it. And that can lead some people to, uh, you know, seek out some alternatives that might not be the best for them or to bury their head in the sand and, and take it past the point of no return. So I dove into a book called The Wealthy Barber Returns. And I think most Canadians have heard of The Wealthy Barber. And there was one bit of advice in, in there that he gave to some people. And he said, this is the best advice just say, I can't afford it. He said, I'm always getting invited to go golfing or go out for dinner or go have some drinks after work or what have you. And I always go, but then I'm always, you know, putting it on my card. I don't have the money. What do I do? And the wealthy barber said, just tell people I can't afford it. And he said, well, I don't know. How am I going to look at that? 
And after he started doing it, he saw him like a couple of months later. And the guy said, this has been the best strategy because there's no stress on me. I just simply say, I can't afford it this week, uh, but maybe next week. And he said, it's really made a big difference by being able to say those words, I can't afford it. Yeah, it's it's being honest with yourself and, and those around you that, you know, if you make up an excuse as in, you know, oh, I'm not, not feeling well or have to get home to do this task, then you're going to get asked again next time. And, the, you know, the pressure is going to keep building. Obviously, you can't make excuses every time. Whereas if you say, you know, I, I can't afford it, then that's going to maybe adjust the expectations that others have for you and, you know, let them know where your priorities lie. And uh, as you said, that could make it stress-free going forward where you don't have to face that question so often. Yeah, I, I just thought that was a, a great idea because everybody, as you say, you know, they're, we're trying to keep up with everybody, but you don't know what somebody else's circumstances are. So why even try to keep up and measure yourself with that evil social media and we see what other people are doing and you kind of feel like you need to try to keep up. And it's just, I think it's a very difficult uh, in 2022 to actually be living and, you know, feeling like you need to spend more money. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to use the social media example, everyone only posts the highlights, right? They don't post that they have to eat macaroni and cheese to to make ends meet, right? Yeah. Um, so you definitely don't want to use that as an example to live your life by because you're only seeing half the picture if that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Final words of wisdom regarding buy now, pay later. Use it as a tool, not a ability to buy things that you don't need or that you can't afford. It can be there to help you to say, make a large purchase that you need to make that you, you know, was unexpected and it can help you to get it so that you can continue to live life while you make arrangements to pay it off. But if it's not something that you need and it's something that's a, a frivolity, don't purchase it just because you don't have to pay it now because eventually the bill's going to come in. And if you don't have the money, then that's when it punishes you. Terrific. Daniel, always a pleasure to have you on. Nice to talk to you again, Wayne. Talk to you soon. You got it. My guest today, Daniel Maximchuk from L.C. Taylor, Licensed Insolvency Trustee in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and offices in Kenora, Ontario. To schedule that free consultation, you can head over to lctaylor.com. And that is it for another edition of Debt Matters Podcast. You can subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. And of course, for more information, you can always check out debtmatters.ca. Thanks very much for listening.